Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio with Mike Cernovich and Vox Day. Let's go through a couple of little intros. Mike Cernovich is a lawyer, the author of the best-selling Gorilla Mindset, How to Control Your Thoughts and Emotions to Live Life on Your Terms, and MAGA Mindset, Making You and America Great Again, which we've got an audiobook reading off up now on YouTube. He's also the producer of the upcoming film documentary, Silence, which I feel like miming, but I won't because it's also a podcast. Vox Day is a multiple-time Hugo Award nominee who writes epic fantasy as well as nonfiction, including Social Justice Warriors Always Lie, Taking Down the Thought Police, and Conservative: How Conservatives Betrayed America. We're going to put the links to their websites and vital statistics below. Uh, Vox Day is also the lead designer of the next generation Wikipedia replacement Infogalactic, now with non-leftist facts, and also runs Castilia House Publishing, which just released Mike Cernovich's new book, Maga Mindset. Gentlemen, we have come here today to discuss phrases I literally never thought I would know anything about, rituals I never thought I would ever learn about, fake cannibalism that I hope is just fake because there's a camera on and Lord knows what these people are doing behind closed doors, but all of the revelations coming out of the Podesta emails and we've got the NYPD uh, investigating the, the Wienergate uh, computer, we've got the uh, the FBI uh, circling uh, the Clintons, the uh, I guess Uma Aberdeen and uh, Anthony Wiener and what are your guys' reaction? I was watching, I was in this last night, and I'm like, okay, this this can't be an, real, but it seems to be emerging as a potentially absolutely tangible fact. Yeah, it was weird. I was getting tips about it all day, and I feel guilty because I was actually annoyed with people, and I was saying, guys, you can't waste my time with this. This is nonsense. You know, I'm an important person. How dare you waste my precious time? <laughs> And then I looked into it and I go, oh my God, like, I just started laughing hysterically. I, was, I said, like, I literally, cognitive dissonance was triggered in me. I literally could not believe what was in front of my face. And then I looked into it more and it was not only as bad as people were saying, but it was worse than what they were saying. They're, they're talking about mixing in semen with breast milk and drinking it. John Podesta and his brother are doing this together with who knows how many people are there. And then the deeper you go in, you saw that there's an effigy of a child with blood poured on it. You saw the naked um, the women. Uh, they look like naked women. I thought that was actually really women. That's how artistically they're done, where they're eating the women and performing cannibalistic-like rituals. Uh, what do you say, man? I, I'm very rarely perplexed or speechless. Well, I, the first thing that comes to my mind is my social circle seems to be a little bit limited compared to what goes on in the world. I've never been to any parties like this. Uh, I don't know anybody like this. Vox, uh, have you been tracing this? What's been going on for you uh, in this uh, whirlpool? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit less of a surprise to me for two reasons. Number one, there have been rumors about this floating around uh, 4chan and, and some of the, the Gamergate circles for some time. Um, it's not something that I paid close attention to, but it also didn't surprise me much because, um, you know, I, my, my family was involved in American politics at a, you know, outer, outer circles of power level. And so um, I know that some of the people that are in the inner circles are pretty twisted and pretty, pretty strange. Um, in fact, in retrospect, I'm fairly confident that uh, I that I did know a girl who was probably uh, subject to some of that sort of abuse um, at at a fairly young age, um, so it doesn't surprise me 
uh, that that they were involved in that. You know, in fact, I wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if it eventually turned out that the Bush family was involved in some way too. Um, that being said, it does surprise me that they were so arrogant and brazen and careless about it. Um, you know, what, one thing that a lot of people don't realize that you know they're they're often surprised when these scandals come out about high-ranking politicians, senators, and so forth. Um, what they don't realize is that uh, those you've seen The Godfather, right? The Godfather Two. You remember the scene where uh, they send the senator in and they've arranged it to make him think that he has killed the girl. Okay. Now, I mean, that's that's a uh, you know, obviously a, a Hollywood version, but it's it's definitely, you know, politicians with issues, regardless of what they are, whether it's, you know, um, you know, being gay or, or being drug addicted or whatever, is actually something that that um, certain parties tend to like because then it, it allows them to put pressure on them in ways that they normally couldn't. And so I think that you would find that a lot, not all, but a lot of high-ranking politicians have more personal issues than you might think. Now, obviously, they're not all um, these lunatic uh, occult, you know, occultists practicing sex magic and whatever, um, but it's not quite as completely out there as we would all like it to be. Um, you know, Alex Jones tends to dramatize it, but the fact is, these guys do go to the Bohemian Grove and they do run around in, in masks and robes and, you know, doing stuff that you or I probably would not consider to be normal behavior. So let's just go through a little bit of the sequence to get people caught up to speed because this is all moving very, very fast. So this is my understanding, and guys, correct me where I've gone astray, but of course, uh, because Anthony Weiner was sexting his rape fantasies, according to reports uh, to this 15-year-old girl who turned him in, uh, his uh, his electronics were all grabbed by the New York Police Department. And they went through one of the laptops, I believe it was shared with his wife, and they found these 650,000 emails. And in digging through it, uh, this is uh, coming off of Breitbart, uh, this is um, uh, Eric Prince, uh, former head of uh, Blackwater, he was saying that um, uh, they got the subpoena, they got the warrant, and through these emails they found uh, more than just this horrible sexting stuff. Uh, they found uh, really damning criminal information, uh, including uh, money laundering, uh, including the fact, uh, again, according to Eric Prince, that Hillary went to this uh, Jeffrey Epstein pedophile sex slave island with convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Bill Clinton went there more than 20 times. Uh, he said Hillary Clinton went there at least six times. Uh, and um, that there is a wild amount of criminal stuff uh, that is uh, going on in these uh, emails. And this combined with the Podesta emails, which is all this spirit cooking stuff and invitations to what seems like occult magic slash satanic rituals slash I don't know what the hell uh, is going on, but it is really quite extraordinary. And it may have been, again, this is reports, that it was pressure from the NYPD on the FBI that caused Comey to talk about reopening this uh, investigation, because, of course, the FBI uh, doesn't have subpoena power. They, they can't convene a grand jury. Of course, the NYPD can do all of that stuff and get to the roots, but they're getting a lot of pushback from the uh, Justice Department uh, for reasons, I think, that are fairly clear and may have to do with protecting uh, Democrats or maybe protecting themselves. Who knows how far this is going to go. And so there's, yeah, five different parts of the FBI putting investigations uh, into these things, uh, trying to fight back against pressure from the Obama Justice Department. And um, 
it really is quite astonishing. And uh, Prince says that uh, he believes that um, Weiner and uh, Anthony Weiner and Uma Abedin, um, of course, Uma Abedin's uh, Hillary Clinton's closest advisor for like going on two decades now, I suppose, they both flipped. They're both cooperating with the government because they both may be facing significant jail time for the sexting and also for having classified information uh, on a, a personal computer and so on. And now we just have to wait and see. I think the NYPD wanted to put out a press conference more immediately, but uh, I'm not sure exactly why they haven't as yet, uh, because I'm sure that they have more than enough. They've had this for a while now. Wouldn't they have had more than enough to issue their arrest warrants for what they want? Yeah, for sure. They're, they're being jammed up. What, what we talked about a while ago was that there was an internal power struggle between the very top levels of the FBI and the field agents within the FBI who wanted to indict her. The thing about the FBI and the feds, and you know, Vox can tell you this too, they are, they are tight asses. They are very serious people. If they have you on a technical violation of the law, they are going to bring down the law on you. They are going to come after you. That's the FBI culture. So Hillary Clinton... Not only did they have her on the letter of the law, they had her on the spirit of the law, they had her with special access programs on her server, the Clinton Foundation stuff. God knows what kind of human trafficking stuff is being on, down there. So the FBI was saying, we have her, this is a headshot, we have to arrest her. And of course, that was prevented by the very highest levels of the FBI. And eventually, all the emails were going to get leaked and it was going to be released unless the FBI actually started to, to make a movement. So that's what's going on now. Is this your first exposure to this? Uh, I guess this is a question out for both of you. Is this your first exposure to um, this level of reported corruption uh, at the highest levels? I mean, I've known about some of the stuff that went on uh, in the past. There have been, of course, uh, pedophilias uh, in, um, uh, in the highest office. And, of course, there was uh, in the BBC uh, Jimmy Seville, I think his name was, who operated for decades out in the open, pretty obviously. Rumors circulate, but no one does anything. And of course, rumors had circulated for uh, Weiner, uh, Anthony Weiner for, for some time, but nobody does anything. And I just, I wonder what has changed. I, I sort of feel like it's just the internet. You know, it's 4chan. It's all the people who are digging through everything, all the people willing to do all of the investigation that seems to be stymied at the government level, particularly the FBI level, it seems like the NYPD, poo, uh, uh, NYPD plus uh, 4chan plus all the people going through all of this stuff and getting all of this information together seem to be able to break through a historic silence around these kinds of issues on the part of the state and the media, of course, combined. Well, I think there's two aspects to it. First is there's a lot more recording devices everywhere. You know, what, what could have easily gone past or, or could have easily gone unnoticed is now getting recorded. You know, it's, it's one thing to, to have personal testimony, to, you know, to have a woman come forward and say, you know, I was, I was abused, I was, uh, you know, trafficked here or there. It's, it's pretty easy for people to dismiss that. It's a lot harder to dismiss uh, the, uh, the image of somebody doing something that shot on a cell phone or... Uh, on a security cam that's set up on an airplane. Um, and you can bet that everything, like like somebody said, everything that happened on the Lolita Express, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's plane, was filmed from the moment that that plane was wheels up in the air. Um, you know, that, that his island is probably completely wired for for film. Um, you know, because that's how, that's how people like that achieve positions of power. Um, and the thing about Epstein is that we know, I mean, he... he he was charged with trafficking 
40 girls. Now, he only, he pled guilty. They, they let him off easy. He pled guilty to only one. But the scale of that, you know, we're not talking about somebody who um, is just engaging in a, a personal private kick. You know, we're, this is somebody who is engaging in this activity on an industrial scale. And given that we, you know, um, there's, there's word out. One of the reasons that uh, some people believe that the NYPD and the, the FBI have to act is because Anonymous uh, has come out with a statement. I put it up on my blog. You may have seen it. Uh, they've come out with a direct statement saying, remember, remember the 5th of September. Tomorrow is Guy Fawkes Day. 5th um, of Anonymous, November? Yes. Yeah. Isn't it Guy Fawkes? Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, um, yeah, so uh, Anonymous, uh, you know, Guy Fawkes is the symbol of Anonymous. And so uh, it's the, the implication is very strong that they are going to be releasing the material that they discussed. And they said that they have Bill Clinton and six other individuals on video. They have uh, a total of 23 individuals, including Hillary Clinton, that are uh, implicated in criminal activities that are related to this. Um, and so that there's a, you know, I was kind of under, under the impression that that either the FBI or the NYPD would do something today, simply because uh, if they don't act before the information is released by Anonymous, which Anonymous, you know, is threatening to, we don't know if Anonymous actually has it or not, um, but if they do and they release it before any of the legal authorities take action, you know, it's going to be a complete uh, free-for-all because there's going to be all kinds of recriminations being directed against the authorities who did not act once people see uh, the nature of these activities, assuming that they're as bad as Anonymous is claiming them to be. Well, it's one thing, of course, to lose faith in the current administration. It's another thing to lose faith in the current administration and law enforcement at the same time. If if there are these reported crimes, if they do come out and uh, the uh, neither the FBI uh, nor the uh, police departments that may have known about them nor any of the insiders, if none of them have acted in powerful ways or, or in proactive ways, then people are going to lose faith in a whole bunch of institutions all at once. And that feels to me, you know, to me either way, and Mike, I want to get your thoughts on this, because the big picture for me, guys, either way, either way, this is the end of an era. I mean, if, if this stuff pans out, if it ends up being true, if there ends up, even if, even if nothing else comes out, but the stuff that's in the Podesta emails and the stuff that's coming out from the, um, the NYPD, uh, the sources within there, it's the end of an era, because... The amount of cover-up, the amount of horror, the, the moral squalor that is operating at the highest levels and um, where this is going to radiate out to. I mean, if it goes from Anthony to Umar to who knows where, it could land up at the president. Or it certainly seems it would land somewhere close to Hillary Clinton uh, and the media. Uh, who knows about it? They've all been communicating. It may radiate outwards to the point where the entire edifice that has been holding the leftists in power for the last half century might literally come crumbling down. Not for everyone, because there will always be people who are like, but they're my team. and I'm going to stick with them no matter what. But this this is pretty stomach-churning stuff. I mean, people can forgive, you know, affairs. They can forgive maybe a, a little drug habit or a little drinking habit. But this kind of stuff is so far beyond the pale of what any even remotely tolerant person, I mean, even a self-described hedonist like uh, Roger Stone would, would be appalled and repulsed by this kind of stuff. I think this might be the, like, electric current that shocks people back from the corruptions of the left and opens up a whole gateway to a different way of viewing the world. And what do you think, Mike? 
it, it confirms what a lot of people have thought, which is that the people at the highest levels of government are not merely corrupt. The Clinton corruption stuff I've always found to be quite banal, and it's why I've never pushed it heavily. It's not persuasive. We've always, we've always heard things. You know, we've heard about the Franklin cover-up. We've heard about that documentary on the Discovery Channel about child sex trafficking that was pulled. I, I can't, um, the name of the documentary escapes me right now, but the Discovery Channel had a documentary to an expose on pedophiles that was pulled. Well, you can't do that in social media now. The Congressional Page Program was nothing more than a way to put underage boys in access to pedophiles. Dennis Haster was a Speaker of the House. He was a pedophile. Ben Sass, who ran the Congressional Campaign Program, I've been looking into him because I'm wondering what is going on. I think America, a Congress in America, I've heard 25%, and I've heard this not from you know, random weirdos on the internet, but I've heard it from people who are connected said, they go, Mike, you're actually wrong about pedophilia. It is probably closer to 25% of members in Congress are pedophiles or have immediate connections to pedophilia. So we're, we're working closer to breaking that um, open because, and a lot of people find that shocking, but what I tell people who find it shocking is I go, Google the pedophile scandal in Parliament. Remember when that scandal hit, the UK? All levels of government, all levels of government were implicated. Prince Andrew took flights down to Pedophile Island, Jeffrey Epstein's island. So the, in the UK, they actually like little boys more. The UK and the Saudi Arabia are the two biggest hotbeds of pedophilia in the world right now. Whether, whether Clinton's being paid by the Saudis and children. There was that woman, that she was a Christian, she said. She was caught with 33 children trying to leave Haiti. But the children weren't orphans, and the woman, I forget her name, Laura. Oh, Laura, Laura Silsby, yeah. Can you break that out? I couldn't quite follow that one, uh, probably because I'm spending my, half my time throwing up in my mouth while I'm reading this stuff. But if you can break out Laura Silsby, I couldn't quite follow the, 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 the sequence of that. Yeah, there, there's two stories. The, the, what I believe is the cover story and then what I believe is the real story. The one story is, hey, I'm Laura Silsby. I'm a Christian. We're going to take these kids out of Haiti and bring them in to Jesus and you know do a charitable deed, right? Well, how many Christians are Hillary Clinton's friends with? How many Christian groups are Hillary Clinton's friends with, right? Well, Hillary Clinton was trying to save Laura Silsby and keep her out of trouble. And in fact, Laura Silsby and nine other people were charged with child, uh, child trafficking. Nine out of ten escaped altogether because of Hillary Clinton's efforts. Laura only got time served, but she was convicted ultimately in Haiti of trying to take 33 children who had parents. So Silsby said, we're Christians, we have orphans, we're going to do the Christian thing and take them away. Well, that doesn't add up because, one, they weren't orphans. Two is Hillary Clinton, since when is she friends with Christians? Since when is she trying to do anything to help Christian charities or Christian missions? So I don't know exactly what that was about, but I do know that in light of these recent revelations, that is another piece of the puzzle that's very weird. Why is Hillary Clinton trying to save a woman who is trying to traffic 33 children out of Haiti? That's real sad. There is something else in, in these emails as well where they talk about uh, children being available in a pool for entertainment. Uh, young young children, if I remember right. right, it's like single digits. Vox, did you read anything about that? Do you have any insight as to oh, what even oh, it's even horrible to even think about what they might be talking about? And of course, there's no proof as yet. We'll find out over time. But what are your thoughts on that, Vox? I mean, it seems to be pointing in a particular direction. Yeah, I think that this points in. It's a connection to the Hollywood 
pedophilia uh, sort of thing because the mother of the children is the woman who is the actress who played the goddess Aphrodite on Xena uh, Warrior Princess. And um, they've got, she's got three daughters. Um, and at the time of the email, it was an email that um, was sent out and it was talking about a, um, a party at a farm that was the same place that Hillary, Hillary Clinton announced her candidacy for the Senate with Patrick Moynihan. And so it's the same, the same farm. Hillary was there uh, previously. And they announced that, that there was going to be this uh, party. And, you know, it all sounded fairly harmless, except for the fact that uh, it talked about how there was going to be a pool. And then it, it, it talked about how the, there were these three young girls who were going to be uh, providing further entertainment. And they listed them by age. So as and they listed their age, too, yeah. Would you ever send an email, hey, Mike, um, at this party there's going to be a heated pool, and my three kids, age 11, 8, and 7, are going to be there? For well, your entertainment. No, and, and, not, and not only that, the, the, the parents were not going to be there. They were talking about how uh, someone was going to Uber them over, or going to serve as Uber to bring them over. And, right. And... And the thing that bothered me a bit is because I, I went um, I went and looked it up, and I looked, because the woman's Twitter account was actually on there, and I noticed that uh, there was a picture of it was presumably the mother and her three daughters, and they all had their um, wrists out. It was a pic, it was it was just a picture of their wrists, their hands and wrists, and each of them had a rainbow uh, bracelet. And there was a, there was clearly an attachment to some sort of gay pride thing, and uh, but it, it said uh, best summer party ever, and uh, it had these rainbow bracelets, but then they had symbols on them. Now uh, one symbol was hearts, another symbol was these um, was just a, a sort of simple geometric pattern. Now they weren't the symbols that are known to be connected to pedophilia. Um, so I, I'm not saying they prove anything conclusively, but when you put those things together, when you put the, um, the gay pride partying with these very young kids, I mean, we're talking about, I, I think, uh, the youngest is probably eight years old now. Um, you know, they're being thrown into what are, they're clearly being thrown into sexualized situations. And, uh, there is some indication that they were the entertainment at the party. Um, and, and so, you know, we, we, can't say, we, we can't say that for sure, but, there, but given all the other weirdness that is, is surrounding Podesta and is surrounding these people, because we know, you know, these are the same people that, are, uh, that we're talking about this whole spirit cooking thing. And so that's what's very, very troubling. I mean, would you ever want your young children going to a party with John Podesta and his spirit cooking. Right. No, I think the answer to that clearly would be no. Mike, did you want to add in something there? No, I just, again, that's why I just asked you as parents, if, if either of you ever sent me an email saying, hey, Mike, come over to a party, there's going to be a heated pool, and my three kids who are aged 11, 8, and 7 are going to be there for entertainment, I'm going to be like, you know what, guys, I don't want anything to do with that or with you. Well, the, the, only context, the only context that you would ever reasonably mention the names of your children 
is if you're communicating with another parent whose children are also going to be there and you're right. communicating to let them know that your kids are the same age or uh, you know, gee, my kids are younger, so we're going to need a, you know, one of your kids to babysit them. Or, you know, th there are contexts that that would make some degree of sense, but but the emails do not appear to be in any of those reasonable contexts. In fact, there's not even any reference to any other children that, right. that will be there. Now, I'll tell you guys, I did sort of share my concerns. And again, this is all speculative. We'll find out if, if there's an investigation as it moves forward and people are interviewed and so on. But uh, if this stuff turns out to be true, I mean, I, I've i said this before on the show, but back in the um, the early Clinton round one days, you know, all of the squalor and moral horror associated with Bill Clinton's presidency, at least in my mind. And when Bill Clinton was revealed to be getting blowjobs from the interns, when there were these rape allegations, these uh, assault allegations, uh, when he was you know, reportedly inserting his cigar into Lewinsky's vagina and then smoking it. And I thought, well, this, everyone's got to recoil from this. Like, everyone's got to be like, whoa, jump back. This is the most horrifying thing. Oh, my God. I thought, I thought feminists were just going to, like, eat him alive, uh, be a true spirit, <laughs> spirit cooking dinner with Bill Clinton on the, on the And really nothing happened. And, and that's sort of like how far have we potentially fallen as a society where people might conceivably hold their nose should these allegations turn out to be true? That's sort of my big concern. It's almost like I don't even know where to live if that turns out to be the case. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Vox and I were talking the other day, and I go, you know, Vox, I'm almost, I'm almost sold on Christianity now. You know, I grew up in a church. <laughs> Because the kind of things that we're seeing, whether, you know, there's some real dark things going on that are way darker than I think even the three of us had ever imagined. That's the only way I can describe it is these are very dark people and these are very dark forces at work. Yeah, I've, I've said for a long time that uh, people who think that the problem of evil is a problem for Christianity do not understand the philosophical question. Um, you know, one of the reasons that I became a Christian in the first place was because of my, uh, because of the force that I was fat, for, I was forced to face the reality of, of evil. And I think that that's what a lot of people are, are beginning to see in some of the stuff. You know, there's somebody wrote to me, uh, this morning and said, I gotta tell you, I'm an atheist, but this stuff has me looking at my Bible because I, I can't fathom this level of material, intentional, knowledgeable evil, especially among the high and mighty. Because, you know, th th that's the thing that's really troubling to uh, all of us, even, you know, even a Christian like me, uh, who, who still has a, a, you know, sort of a rationalist materialist side. Um, it it's very troubling to think that all of this, you know, lunatic, uh, ritual magic that our ancestors used to practice. You know, I, my, my Aztec ancestors used to cut people's hearts out and offer them up to the sun, you know, in order to, to make sure the sun came up again or whatever that I, I don't recall exactly. But the thing is, is that clearly on some level, whether it was spiritual or whether it was just simply blackmail, this worked these people are rich, these people are powerful, and it is because, at least in part, of these horrible activities that, in which they've engaged. 
And and so you know the, that's the really uh, philosophically troubling thing I think for anybody who's sane is that is to look at that and go you know why are these people doing it in the first place? I mean we're not talking about you know somebody who is simply uh, you know a sexual deviant here. I mean we're talking about ritual. We're talking about uh, people who are focused on materially bettering themselves through these horrifically evil ritual acts. And, and that's the thing I think that is frightening to a lot of people. One can only wonder what the motivations are. And it's sort of a Dostoevskian road that one dare not go down without, like, I don't know, a bottle of sanitizer and some security guards, because the amount of immorality that seems to be emanating from these uh, practices, from these rituals, you know, I don't think it's too far to say that they're downright satanic. Uh, that is extraordinarily troubling. And of course, you know, if the alternative to Jesus is this stuff, I, I think, Mike, I can see where you'd be like, okay, uh, hook me up with the dude, because, uh, you know, I, I can't walk this path alone. Yeah, there, um, you know, the, in Napoleon, um, I think, forget his last name, but he wrote a good book on shadow men and where he talked about Bohemian Grove. And the point he made was at the highest level of government, they want to engage in symbolic ritualistic cannibalism we now have that cake the cake video of where i showed it on my periscope and people were like shut this off mike they were they were legitimately troubled by it i was like okay well you get the point of it i can't fathom, and i'm a creative enough guy i can't fathom that that is how you want to spend your time like what are you guys doing this weekend oh yeah we're going to go out to the woods by ourselves and we're going to pretend to sacrifice a human being and then we're going to have these naked bodies come in and we're going to practice, you know, cutting their fingers and hands off and perform cannibalistic rituals. That's what they do. That is what the power elite do on their free time. So it begs the question why they're doing it. And it's not, it's not, just, it's not just in the U.S. either. Um, you know, there was recently a video came out uh, in Switzerland, in Geneva, um, near CERN. And, uh, it, it, yeah, there was a, it, they, they said it was a, a mock human sacrifice that was, you know, t taking place, uh, you know, by somebody who had un unauthorized access or something. Um, but you wonder, especially when um, in Switzerland, they, they opened uh, a new tunnel uh, underneath the Alps and the ceremony at which a lot of the European leaders were at was just openly satanic. I mean, they, they tried to claim it was the god Pan and he was dancing around with, you know, with tree nymphs or something, but it was you know, it's just obviously a bunch of vestal virgins and, and, and a, a goat god. Um, and so it, it, you know, you've talked about how uh, the scandals in, in the UK, um, we know about the issues in, in Saudi Arabia, and, and, you know, what it begins to look like is that this whole globalist structure that, you know, some of us as, uh, as free traders thought, well, at least, you know, it'll be good for the economy. I mean, now suddenly you're looking at it going, okay, it's not good for the economy, and there are a bunch of freaking Satanists running around pretending to eat people. Um, what the hell's going on, and how do we get off? And this is the remarkable thing about the internet, because I was racking my brain today, guys, just thinking, how could this have been broken without WikiLeaks, without uh, emails, without, you know, as you, we, we talked about sort of recording stuff as well, but these emails... 
I mean, I, the, the code thing, I don't even want to get into, and people will put a link to it below. It's very speculative, and until somebody breaks this code or there's, you know, I'm going to wait for the, the, um, the police investigation should such a thing occur. I'll wait for that. To sort of, but, I mean, they don't delete any of this stuff. It's all, you know, one hack, you know. I mean, the guy just clicks on some phishing link, apparently, and, and off he goes to the races. and everything. But without the Internet, I mean, this is, of course, the kind of job that the mainstream media should have been doing and should have been doing for decades. And this is when, you know, I sort of say the dino media or whatever you want to call it, the legacy media, the, the cover-up media, like we are the ways to get this information out to people. And, you know, very brave people are taking huge risks to get this information out to people. And this culmination of this last week or two, you know, where we've had James O'Keefe videos coming out, Podesta stuff coming out and other revelations, it has become now that the true investigations into what's happening in the world all seem to be happening online and all seem to be fairly voluntary. It's not a lot of it is driven by advertising. Of course, the WikiLeaks stuff is voluntary. The people who are um, going through this stuff in 4chan and other places, it's voluntary. You know, we don't charge for our services in general. So there's this incredible voluntarism and communication that's coming together to blow past all of the gatekeepers who may well have been shielding all of this truly unholy activity from the world. What an incredible place to be in history. Yeah, we, we realize that we don't really have a kind of a choice. There, you know, I would rather just, people because people like Mike, why don't you just write about mindset all the time? That's what I would rather do. But you can't write about mindset when you have satanic cults and satanic orgies. And if you're going to have children, you don't want to live in a world where these people could potentially kidnap your children, make them disappear, sell them into all kinds of things. Or who knows what, and that's what people are realizing now is the gatekeepers are gone. The media people, they're not writing about this because they're right there at these parties with them. So they're not going to say anything about it. Yeah, and to a, cer to a certain extent, um, <laughs> or at least they want to be able to be, uh, go to those parties. I don't think the, uh, most, of the low, <laughs> most of the low levels uh, get invitations, but um, we have a choice. Uh, you know, all of us have a choice sooner or later. Um, you know, you know, for maybe for Mike, it's gonna it'll come sooner than it will for you or I. He's he's um, he's much more uh, out there, and he has a, he has a, a much bigger following anyhow than than I do. Um, you know, at a certain point in time, the you'll be offered a price for your soul, and. Um, you know, it's not a direct. You know, it's not. It's not a devil showing up, and they're not actually asking for cash, and they don't actually tell you to sign anything in blood. But you get an opportunity, um, and the opportunity is usually going to come at some sort of price to your conscience. Um, you know, I was a nationally syndicated columnist um, twice, actually, and you know, I could have pursued the the whole Fox News talking head blah 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 I was encouraged to do that but I turned away from it because I didn't like you know I didn't like the the price it was going to cost which was basically you know don't be too extreme don't color outside the lines yeah no, it was nothing nothing bad you know nothing that, that nothing that a reasonable person couldn't do but the problem is it's the first step it, you know it, it's the um, it's the sign to the gatekeepers that you're willing to sacrifice your integrity. It's the sign that you're willing to do whatever you need to do to get along. And that's just the first step. And what we're hearing about from Hillary Clinton and John Podesta is the final step. And so, 
um, you know, you don't have to be a, a you don't have to be a Christian to deny that sort of thing. You simply need to be a man of integrity, a man who is loyal to his vision of himself, and that and that's what one thing that separates the the new media, the alt right, whatever you want to call it, um, the alt media from the mainstream media is that we've all had to go our own way, and so we don't really see any any profit to playing the game their way and walking that path. So let's, let's I think, close off. Uh, I'll give you guys the, the, the forum for this because, uh, uh, Vox, if you can finish it up, but I want to talk to Mike first. The question of evil, of course, is, is foundational. And a lot of times we can look at people who've had tragic lives, you know, they had bad childhoods and so on. And we can say, well, they become dysfunctional. They maybe become a drug addict and then they had to steal or, you know, they were beaten up as a kid. So maybe they're more punchy. And there's a lot of stuff that we can explain away environmentally, you know, maybe not the smartest people had bad environment, bad choices, and, you know, a series of steps, none of which were consciously motivated by pursuing Satan's ass down the path to, to, to penury or whatever. But this, I mean, this, this, I hope is going to shock people into recognizing that there is, you know, if these stories turn out to be true, there's a sort of layer down here of, you know, tr truly deep and, and conscious and focused and willed evil. And, of course, you know, I'll give Vox the last say in this because, you know, from a Christian perspective, it's not that hard to explain. You know, it can be hard to comprehend and certainly doesn't mean to identify with it. But, Mike, where do you put this kind of level and layer of uh, immorality in your sort of moral worldview? The w here's the way I explain it to myself and I explain it to others is this isn't just a random person doing something weird or something crazy. These are ritualistic practices where are they learn? That's what I always ask as a lawyer, as a detective, as a journalist. Where are they learning this stuff? Who is teaching it? Because clearly they have shared traditions. Clearly they have a shared language. Clearly they have shared symbolism. They're learning it from somewhere. Rather that is, whether that is from the devil or from Satan or from practitioners, I, I can't tell you. But I can tell you as a, as a rationalist and as somebody who maybe you know, doesn't believe in God necessarily, they're learning it from somewhere, and we need to ask people, whatever you believe about religion, whatever you believe about good or evil, where the hell are they learning this shit from? Right. Uh, Vox, uh, I'd like to, you know, this is this is perhaps more in your wheelhouse <laughs> theologically than, than most people, so go ahead. Well, Mike asks a great question, because, you know, this is where you get that bizarre crossover between religion and UFOs and aliens and all that sort of thing. And, and the X-Files, because where are they learning it? You know, um, I see globalism as a revival of the ancient religion of Babylon. You know, there's, there's definitely uh, architectural and other symbols that are used by the globalists that, that intentionally date back to, to the Tower of Babel. And, um, and obviously that, you know, that story from Genesis was the, the first attempt of man to rival God. And so I see what they're doing as an attempt to construct a, a rival religion. It's, an, it's a Gnostic religion and it's an attempt to help man become God. And uh, that is, from the Christian perspective, obviously evil. Um, but it is also something from the Christian perspective that is to be expected. Um, you know, the... the Sometimes people, sometimes people ask Christians, well, why does evil happen? And, and that's always a, a, a bit difficult to even begin to know where to start because the whole reason 
that Jesus had to come. The reason that uh, Jesus came, man, became man in the first place and had to die was because the world is ruled by evil. You know, in, in uh, the Gospels, Jesus talks about how now the prince of this world is coming to kill me. Later, uh, the Apostle Paul talks about the, the prince of the world, uh, you know, the, the world being a fallen place. That's why, that's why C.S. Lewis called it the silent planet, and he referred to uh, Jesus' coming as the divine invasion. And so, you know, what we are catching a glimpse of here uh, from a Christian perspective is uh, some of the, the human powers and principalities that are dedicated to that evil. They worship that evil in, in the same way that a Christian worships God. Um, but, but they do so with a very different purpose because they do, they do so with the desire of becoming like gods themselves, whereas the Christian is merely attempting to do, you know, to do God's will and, and, and to uh, um, you know, be nothing more than an instrument. And so, um, you know, this, this struggle between good and evil is real. And that's what's going to be the difficult thing, I think, for a lot of people to accept um, is that, you know, it's not all bullshit. And, and there's a reason why they're going to try to, you know, there's a reason why the Justice Department is desperately trying to sweep this under the rug. There, there's a reason why um, tremendous powers will be trying to hide all of this information because they don't want people to see it clearly. And, and so, to, yeah, to recognize that here's where moral relativism runs out of juice. Like at this point, you can't possibly hang on to any vestige of moral relativism without joining people on the dark side. Sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, no, that, that's, that's absolutely correct. And yet, that's what we're seeing. I mean, even on my blog, there are people showing up saying, well, um, I mean, of course, you know, I mean, this is, isn't what you'd want to recommend, but, but you know, there's no such thing as good or evil. And, and you know, other people are, are just you know, recoiling from, from the people who are trying to push that line because they're saying, you know, if you cannot see that, that it is intrinsically and materially evil, to be raping or God knows what, cannibalizing children. And, and Mike, I wanted to point out, um, I thought that was a great catch on your part when you noticed that painting in John Podesta's office. Um, there's, a, there's an artistic painting of, of a, a man lying on essentially a, a cough, a, you know, like a corpse slab. He's fully dressed, but there's two men standing over him with a plate, a knife, and a fork. You know, there's clear cannibalistic uh, implications there, and you know that 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 is clearly an open embrace of evil, and uh, and there's no amount of moral relativism or or saying it's just art or or there's no hiding it, and and only those who are afraid to look and and look at the the face of evil and accept that it exists and either bow before it or reject it, um, it's, it's not something that we're going to be able to avoid forever. Hopefully, hopefully someone at the NYPD, hopefully someone at the FBI um, is going to have the courage to, to stand up and say, no, this is wrong and I don't care if you're threatening us, it's coming out. Well, I think that is happening and I, I just wanted to extend my admiration to the people uh, in the NYPD and in the FBI who do seem to be morally shocked and appalled as, as one of the um, uh, chiefs I think was saying you know like I have a daughter 
And uh, I find this uh, repugnant beyond words. I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, these guys are doing a heroic thing. And it is going to come down to everyone's choice. You know, evil has little power over nature. It has power only over people and only the degree with which you are scared of it and bow down before it and run away from it. Uh, And of course, it doesn't matter how far you run. If the power of evil increases, it's going to catch up with you sooner or later. Uh, Appeasement we've seen before, uh, and uh, it always has the, the same outcome. As Churchill said, appeasement is the hope that the alligator will eat you last. Well, it's going to get you either way, uh, but it has less chance and less power if we all turn around collectively and fight and push back. And this is the invitation to everyone out there. Uh, Once you know about this uh, sort of stuff, keep track of it, see how the story plays out. You are going to have to have a role to play in where the world goes into the future. Uh, And I guess I said I was done, but one last (laughs) question for you guys. Um, It is to me beyond horrifying to imagine that if these stories of these occult and satanic and Lord knows what rituals turn out to be true, and if Hillary Clinton and her cabal were to gain power in the United States, uh, I mean, if they're... This is the stuff they're willing to film and put out in public is these ritualistic carving off of women's breasts and eating them. I can't even remotely imagine what they're doing in private. But at this point, I have girded my loins and I'm gritting my teeth and recognizing that there's absolutely nothing that should surprise me from here on in. But these these people could have access to nuclear weapons. They could have access to weapons of mass destruction. And uh, I would not wait for the conscience to come up and prevent their use. The mutually assured destruction of ideologies, right? Communism versus pseudo-capitalism. There was mutually assured destruction that limited the capacity of ideology uh, to to wreak havoc upon the world. But this is, I don't even know what to say. This toxic, negative, satanic nihilism is not an ideology that seeks to survive in the long run. And uh, can we imagine what might happen next week? If any of these elements, if they are in the Democrat Party, if these elements get to the seat of power, I mean, I hate to put it this way, but isn't that been Satan's dream for 2,000 years? It has been, but it's not going to happen because I'm entirely confident that we're going to see a Trump slide. Um, you know, one of the things that I really appreciated today was a comment that, that one of my readers uh, put forth or uh, had written and said, um, you know, this whole election season, Donald Trump has just been, uh, even when he's smiling, he's, he's grim. Mm. You know, even when he's, uh, you know, talking about how he loves America and that sort of thing, they said, you know, he, he has a, a seriousness to him that just doesn't seem to make sense for this, this playboy. Um, and uh, also his son, Donald Trump Jr., he looks like he wants to, you know, personally waterboard or guillotine every single member of Hillary Clinton's circle. It's kind of funny to watch him during the debates. Um, But these guys know. They know what they're up against. There's a reason why um, that family is standing so strong together. And it doesn't, they don't, you know, Melania and, and the others, they don't even care about all the different allegations or something because they clearly know what's going on. And they are clearly willing to do everything they can to stop it. There's a reason why. I think there was a, uh, an email, Mike, where um, Hillary said something about uh, if Trump wins, uh, we're all going to be hanging from nooses. 
Oh, that, sorry, that was not an email. That was, if I remember rightly, uh, after the Matt Lauer interview where he was uh, really grilling her over the um, the emails, uh, the email server and so on. This was not recorded, but there's people who say afterwards she had a complete meltdown and was screaming that if Trump gets in, we're all going to be hanging from a noose. Uh, and we'll put links to the uh, evidence for that below. It's not confirmed, but it's certainly what people have said. But sorry, I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, yeah. Please go ahead. No, thank you. And, and the thing is, is that 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 gives us hope. I mean, you know, every time, you know, when we look at our stories, our novels and, and, and the movies, um, evil always looks like it's going to win. And sometimes it does. But there's always hope. And hope always depends on the individual person standing up and saying, no more. And we're very fortunate that Donald Trump was willing to do that. And if you look at the polls, if you look at, you know, even without all these re revelations, uh, even if Hillary is not locked up before next week, um, I think that, that Americans are going to look at this and see that, um, if nothing else, they need to support the man who's not going to be, uh, not going to permit that to happen on his watch. And so I, I don't think that we need to, I don't think that we need to fear this evil. I think that we need to stand against it and join with others who are standing against it and make it very clear that it's not going to happen on our watch. Mike, I'll give you the last word. Yeah, make a difference. That's the thing. The I always say despair, demoralization, these are dark emotions. There's a reason the media always wants people in a state of despair because they want people to be sacrificed to the machine, whatever you want to consider it, dark forces, the machine. Every day you stand up and every day you contribute in your own little way. Not everybody can have a huge impact, but collectively, if everybody agrees to join forces together, then nothing can stop us. The tr this election, November 8th, is only a prelude to what's coming. So regardless of what happens November 8th, November 9th is the beginning of another revolution. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, I want to remind people we'll put links to, to blogs and websites below. you got to follow these guys uh, um, wherever you can find them. Uh, they've got great stuff to say. It's been a very, very powerful and enlightening conversation. Please like and subscribe and share this kind of work. We all have a part to play in what is coming down the pipe. Let's get it done. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk again soon. Bye. You're welcome.